Welcome, Welcome to the Aquamoon Dream Dreamers. Dream Beamers. Dreamers. <laughs> Welcome to the Aquamoon Beam, Beam Dreamers, Dreamers podcast. <laughs> we redefine the relationship to yourself so you can reset the foundations for the other relationships in your life. Today's episode is sponsored by Mountain Freedom Essential Oils. Mountain Freedom has everything you need in healing essential oil blends for all your aches and pains, including shower steamers and lip balms, as well as organic lotions, deodorants, soaps, and all-natural cleaners. Mountain Freedom essential oils are uniquely infused with the crisp Utah mountain air, their healing vibration enhanced with ethically sourced crystals. Check out their products at mtnfreedom.com and save an extra 10% on your order with the code Aquamoon. What's up, guys? I'm Chandra Sangat, and I am your modern medicine woman. And my name is Alyssa Apostle. I'm a cosmic truth seeker. I'm a (laughs) truth seeker today. (laughs) But that's Pisces. That's Chiron and Pisces. A truth seeker. Trying to soothe everybody else's pain. That's right. I'm a soothseer. There's like another name for a soothsayer. I'm a sooth. I'm the cosmic soothsayer. Okay, it just changed. We're talking. We're already there. We're floating in the ocean. We're talking about Chiron and Pisces today, or the twelfth house, which is all about water and emotion and the ocean and the motion in the ocean can't control. (laughs) And you can't find solid ground. So you're just at the mercy of the motion in the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> and we talked about the symbols, about Einstein and mm-hmm. quantum mechanics and quantum physics. Wow. Today is actually really fascinating. It's appropriate for all of us listening because. It was such a super long transit that we've all actually felt, yeah, we've all actually felt the energy of Chiron and Pisces. And if you're anywhere near our age, me and Alyssa, you probably may have kids with Chiron and Pisces. So thank you for being here and we hope you enjoy it. Welcome back, everyone. We are talking about Chiron in Pisces and Chiron in the 12th house. I almost said Chiron in Neptune. So we're already in Pisces energy. (laughs) Already floating in the ocean. I want to hear about the shape of Neptune and how that all relates to Pisces energy. Well, if you get me going on the shape of Neptune, I'm probably going to talk about the shape of Pisces too. Let's do it. Be forewarned. So the shape of Pisces, well, of Neptune is a three-pronged trident pointing up and it's on top of the cross of matter. What, when you just said it's the three, I mean, it's all the things we're going to talk about that, but that reminds me of like three, three, three reminds me of the age of Pisces and of Jesus and the Uh, fish Trinity. The Trinity. And the fish, mm-hmm. which is Pisces. Yes. So let's go into that. Yeah. The Pisces symbol. Okay. So it's two arcs of a circle 
but they're like split in half and they're back to back facing the opposite direction. And then you've got a horizontal line, which remember the horizontal represents the feminine going through the middle and it represents cosmic stability. So instead of the circles being on the other side of each other, the half circles being on the other side and forming a circle, which would be this ceaseless cycle of evolution, it actually splits it apart puts it back to back and then you've got this line between so it's cosmic stability it's like the stillness the quietude the in-between of the of like going on this cosmic loop of reincarnation you get to take a little break in pisces and just like sit in the darkness of the ocean where everything exists but nothing happens. Well, well yeah, right. So thought. it's it's <laughs> the line in between that basically holds it together. It's the creative potential, right? The horizontal line and the feminine represents the creative potential. But it's nothing manifests yet. And the Neptune, which rules the sign of Pisces, is three-pronged. It's also curved. Ah. Oh. half of Pisces except the other side is the cross of matter if we were to turn it on yeah. its side um, so Neptune talk about the cross of matter and the symbolism for that okay so the cross of matter is it's basically the meeting of the masculine which is the vertical line and the feminine which is the horizontal line it's like the bringing the two together into this three-dimensional reality into this physical form so it's with the neptune and the pisces it's okay let's bring that cross of matter up into a transcendental realm of the oneness mm. of everything let's bring the two together that's what pisces is about so it also can be represented as two fish making the yin yang symbol mm-hmm and that represents fertility, prosperity, and regeneration. And I, th I thought this to be very interesting. Interesting. <laughs> like, Chiron, like Chiron and Gemini is like, I want to talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Hindus had Vishnu. Mm -hmm. And Vishnu, he appeared in the form of a fish. And this is similar to like the Noah's Ark story that you find in Christianity. He appeared to this man and, and basically told him like, you need to go take two of all the animals and like go on this boat or whatever. But he appeared in the form of a fish. So I thought that was interesting. Then you've got the Babylonians. They had a fish God named Dagon. And he was like a man fish who rose out of the depth of the depths of the sea to teach people. And it represented like the fish represented sustain life sustaining wisdom and then you have the whole jesus christ archetype and figure in christianity being the fisher of men he walked on waters the age of pisces so i found it really fascinating that we have these parallels of these different cultures and belief systems that have this archetype of a fish it's like a deity that takes fish form it all sounds like different interpretations of the same thing. And what I was going to say about Neptune, the symbol for Neptune, is you were saying, let's bring the cross of matter up. 
And I was thinking Neptune is the planet that anchors the spirit into the cross of matter. I was thinking of it in the opposite way. Uh, But how Piscean is that? Yeah. The yin and the yang. (laughs) (laughs) You were going one way and I was going the other, but it's the same exact thing. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing and it's the same story. The man that comes out of the water to teach so or or the the being that comes out of water which neptune rules the ocean right and it's about ocean energy that's pisces and it's tied to poseidon poseidon mythology of poseidon Mm -hmm. in spanish fish is pez p-e-z right peces p-e-c-e-s is many fish so pisces in Spanish, you say Pisces, Pisces, but it's very similar to the word for fish. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't put that together either. That's interesting. So I always understood Pisces to be of the water and uh-huh. associated with fish because of my upbringing in Spanish. Yeah. Um, but that's really interesting because it's this connection between the expansiveness of really the ocean which is even more fascinating if we take it into like science and think about the trajectory of humanity as we've known it we know more about the sky and the planets than we do about what's in the ocean Mm -hmm. so piscean because it's like the unlimited, uh, expansive, ever-expanding void. Yeah. It's almost like if you dive in, you can't quite come out. Well, because it's the pressure too, right? It's like the conditions, the conditions in space are easier to work with, like a lack of gravity, than going deep down into the ocean and having to deal with like the pressure of the weight of the water. Like, how do we offset that much gravity, like pressing in on us or that much weight pressing in on us versus just a lack of gravity? We can just float up here and deal with floating. And how literally Piscean that is, because the more you dive into the nebulous cloud of Pisces energy, the less you exist on the earthy plane, the deeper you go into the ocean you die right it's almost like you're getting too close to the implosion of the gravity of too much matter really instead of getting away from it it's like there's too much of it and it will implode you yeah it's the same idea when you go off the planet you go off the rails or you go off whatever you want to call it if you go too far into la la land that's what I call it because I have way too much air in my chart. So I apologize mm-hmm. for all the Piscean beings out there. <laughs> hey, they knew what they signed up for because it's called Aqua Moon Beam Dreamers. So That's just right. fucking deal You're with right. it. <laughs> We're both airy. No, but I want I want to be I want to be compassionate. No, because I actually <laughs> love Pisces energy. I actually do. But I'm exaggerating to make a point. The more you go off into that, you lose your attachment to reality so it's like what 
a lot of the spiritual teachers talk about and let's talk about i was just listening to an abraham hicks video this morning the less resistance you have when you reduce all resistance then you disappear into the vortex meaning you you die you leave the earth you re release all the resistance you have so you go way too far into pisces land and you go into the other land you go into pisces fully we don't have yet the technology to come back from that right so that's really that to me is fascinating the fact that it's really super related to it is a water sign yes and it's the diving into the ocean and it is the ocean right but before we get more into it let's come back down a little bit let's talk about come back down from the sky let's come up for air what and also i want to add though that it's a mutable water sign oh yeah so it's like ever changing it's like that's all it is is change mm. you can't ever i don't feel like you can look if you try to look too hard at an illusion that you have it's like it will change before your eyes like you never really know what a true illusion is it's like a mirage right it's changing as you're staring at it and trying to make it out it's so mutable it's like changing right before your eyes that's really incredible so i'm going to think about science again <laughs> so i was watching i was telling you Alyssa, i was watching that video of einstein uh-huh right i was watching a documentary on einstein and the theory of quantum physics because that changed everything but in any case, they talk about light and the electrons and exactly what you're saying about Pisces and looking at your illusion for too long is what happens when we observe electrons, they move because the observer changes the thing they're observing by observing it. I feel like I just <laughs> had an epiphany. <laughs> so that gives this matter like our attention and our observation actualizes matter yes it's neptune it's what i was thinking about neptune bringing the ether into the cross of matter by observing yes and it's the same thing that you were saying yes it's changing because your own perspective your own thoughts your own thoughts moment to moment to moment to moment will change the reality before you yeah that's a, that's a very important concept in the manifestation world that everything is you pushed outside of you because as you're observing and they've proven it with science mm -hmm. when we're looking at electrons they've done experiments where they shoot light and they measure the electrons hitting a film on the other side if they're not looking at it, it's it does something. And if they're looking at it, it does something else. Yeah, it's a part the of the electrons them. appear and disappear mm -hmm. as people are observing them. Like how Pisces is that? His Chiron was in the 11th oh. and he found this stuff when Chiron was in Aquarius. It's like Bam. the opposite of Steve. Steve yes. is Chiron in Aquarius in the second house. Albert Einstein is Chiron in Taurus in the 11th. In the 11th, squarely within the 11th for him, for wow. Einstein. 
I know, Moon and Sag, Mars and Capricorn, North Node in Aquarius. So Chiron was transiting his uh, North Node when he found uh -huh. this stuff. Makes sense, of course. Yeah, that makes Boom, total sense. Boom, changed the world. Like, literally changed the world forever in the history of the For world. For the entire collective. Like, we have. And it's very innovative and ahead of the time. We have Zoom because of Einstein, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Just to sum it all up, bottom line, Mariana Trench. We're just gonna go to the bottom. But this is this is significant to talk about with Pisces because the the ideas that he presented. Because coincidentally, his Neptune was also in Taurus in the eleventh house, the ruler of Pisces. I think it's significant to talk about. Einstein and the theories that he came up with to change the physical reality of our experience were related to Pisces. Yeah. It was very spiritual and he was a very spiritual man. Yeah. And they use his ideas in the manifesting world to explain everything that we just talked about about Pisces. That when you observe it mm -hmm. and the mutability of things and all of that. That's so fucking amazing. So it's like it was it's it's the symbol of Neptune in essence. It's bringing that concept of Neptune into the cross of matter, into this 3D reality and being able to explain it with science. What I wanted to talk about was how long this transit was. So if we could talk about the years that Chiron was in Pisces. Yeah. So to start, it was March 26, 1960 to August 19th, 1960. Then it went retrograde into Aquarius for six months, came back into Pisces January 20th, 1961 to April 1st, 1968. That's seven years. Wow. And then it was also, it was retrograde in Pisces, October 18th, 1968 to January 30th, 1969. So it was pretty much eight, like the full amount of time that Chiron can be in a sign seven years plus nine months mm -hmm. and those other two yeah little... so the more recent oh were you saying no I was gonna say that's a lot of retrograde in Pisces mm -hmm. so it would like retrograde and then back into Aquarius and then come forward again and then it would do the whole forward motion and then retrograde back a little and then go forward that's where it has those weird extra yeah. months so the totality of the retrograde is probably only about half of those extra nine months but that still seems like a lot of a retrograde which yeah. I always interpret retrograde motion of a planet with pisces why oh, because it's, internal... it's like going upside down uh -huh. to me like because energetically i'm i'm like a very sensorial person whenever a planet goes retrograde my body goes into a dreamy watery land hmm and that to me has always been the energy of Pisces. I've never associated it with that. Oh, that makes sense. It does. It, it makes sense. It seems significant that it was retrograde. Seems like extra. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then the next time that Chiron was in Pisces was April 20th, 2010 to July 20th, 2010. So the, another three months. Then it went retrograde to Aquarius. Then it came back into Pisces February 8th, 2011 to April 17th, 2018. So that was over seven years. Then it retrograded back into Pisces 
September 25th, 2018 to February 18th, 2021. That's like two and a half years. That's a long time. That's a long time for Chiron to be retrograde in a sign. I don't know if it does it in any other sign for that long. Because I was looking at I was looking at the dates for Chiron and Libra because that's the opposite side of the wheel. And it's really only in Libra for like a year or two total. So I think we're at like the peak. I think Chiron and Pisces is like the longest. Chiron and Pisces, Chiron and Aries is like the longest Chiron is in there. Damn. And then you've got the other side of the wheel, which is the shortest, you know, and then the, the Virgo top and Libra bottom of the wheel are in between. Yeah. Interesting. So Virgo, if we're cons- so Pisces seems like it's the closest to Uranus. Aquarius. Does that make sense? Like, like because we were talking about when Chiron gets really close to Saturn. So it's oh, between I Saturn and Uranus. Saying, yeah. When it's close to Saturn, it's like the transit gets compressed and it's almost like it's getting pushed faster through the sign. So it seems like maybe in Pisces is closer to Uranus, which would make sense because then it's actually closer to itself, which is Neptune. Right. Okay. Chiron and Pisces is closer to Neptune. Yeah. I mean, that's a long freaking transit. So let's talk about, no, let's talk about the 12th house. I guess it's similar, right? It's. Yeah. It's the oneness of the universal life force. It's where forms disintegrate, the past is dissolved and separateness is relinquished. And it's like this space of like quiet and stillness right before you start a new cycle of life. So it's, it's like culminating all your wisdom and experience into like an integration point, a, a, stillness point like the dot where everything begins right before you get the big bang into Aries and everything explodes again and starts a new cycle that's 12th house it's the stillness of the seed before it starts germinating remember we're talking about the seed with Aries yes yeah that's exactly it it's It's when it first gets put into the ground mm -hmm, and then buried I can speak from experience about this and that doesn't mean that I've been buried alive, but I have in a way. So I had a past life regression and I was, I remember being a seed and I remember how amazing, quiet, dark, still, and just like peaceful like the kind of peace you can't really experience as a human it's magical to be like in the ground where there's nothing moving Mm -hmm. and it's just like dirt all around you (laughs) i know you guys (laughs) are like you want to be buried alive (laughs) (laughs) well i wonder i've never done a float tank session but maybe you and i should do oh so maybe it's similar once you get the mind to quiet down which was like maybe the last 10 minutes of my hour session but because you're floating in the water that's all the same temperature as you it's got enough epsom salt that you're floating so you don't really feel anything on you 
but yeah, to go into that realm. So here's what happened when I went into like, finally that zone Mm -hmm. is, I don't know if it was like a memory or a dream, but I was a red dragon and all I could see was my own claw and I was drawing like hieroglyphs into sandstone with like this red dragon claw dude and then my time ended up and I had to get out (laughs) I was like dang it I'm gonna get us both subscriptions to a float tank place we need to do this (laughs) yeah like regularly can you imagine if you're typing like once a week or something yeah if you're tapping into that and meditation can do it too but like you really need the sensory deprivation to really get into that Pisces zone of oneness otherwise you have something stimulating your senses that are keeping you separate from the oneness right coincidentally my daughter has chiron and pisces and she is a water dragon in the chinese zodiac interesting and she has moon and pisces right she does (gasps) same with my daughter they both have chiron moon and pisces conjunct i didn't even put that together till now (laughs) so this is what happens in pisces land i want to point out that you dive into it and then you start discovering these like lost worlds like we're we're discovering atlantis right now like you dive in and it's like snorkeling have you ever been snorkeling i have so you you're like in there and then all of a sudden like there's more and there's more and mm-hmm. there's more and there's more. That's very Pisces. And you forget about the whole world up above because mm-hmm. there's this whole world right in front of you in the water. Yeah. Yeah. And it's ever changing because nothing stops moving. The water doesn't stop moving. The fish don't stop moving. The right. plants aren't even don't stop moving because there's usually some kind of current. Yeah. It's an always changing environment, which is absolutely fascinating. So let's talk about, let's talk about Chiron and Pisces. (laughs) We are. (laughs) I'm just kidding though. No, it's because like, let's talk about the wounding. What does it feel like to have Chiron and Pisces? (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know what you meant, but um, so part of, part of the manifestation of Chiron and Pisces is exactly what you're saying. Things may not be as they seem. There's this susceptibility to deception, to emotional manipulativeness, to genuine transcendental experiences, like weaving together in a confusing blend with reality. And then it, it's hard to rationalize it. So it really is like you're living in this Piscean world, but then you're expected to show up in the 3D world. And I mean, these, these people tend to be very much in a la la land or other people who are very like grounded. There's like a disconnect there, because if you think of Virgo as the total opposite of Pisces being very practical and pragmatic and grounded down to earth, Pisces is the total opposite of that. It's like, I don't even know how to function here. (laughs) I just live in this alien world that has no ground you have to swim everywhere as we talk more and more about this I see my daughter more and more in this 
And I think you probably, your your Chiron is in the 12th house. Right. Oh, you know what? I did want to mention, and I want to make it important that it really, really matters. As I've come to find out and hear through the avenue of this podcast, as we talk with different people with their Chirons in different places, it really matters what house your Chiron is in. Like it's a significant part of the wounding manifestation of the Chiron. So definitely my daughter's is in Pisces in the third house. So it's the opposite of yours, but it's the same in that sense. Yeah. The same aspects and dynamics, just maybe where it shows up and what it looks like is slightly different because she's going to be very dreamy in this in her communication but the whole moon in pisces with chiron in pisces in the third is significant oh so in her emotional expression she does she flies off the planet and everything in here the loss of personal identity through the experience of ecstasy and feeling of cosmic unity. She is so connected with everything else that she like loses touch with reality. She does go off into La La Land. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's the one thing that I've always told her that's her gift, her ability to dive into the world of emotions. And I've used these words with her, which probably up until now, she's been like, what the hell are you saying? Cause she's mm-hmm. 10 years old. And I'm like, your ability to dive into the world of emotions, babe, is your gift. You have these amazing skills of going into emotional expression that n- pretty much almost no one else on the planet has. And that's amazing. And that's what makes you beautiful. And that's my Aquamoon mommy, you know, but, um, but it is because she goes into this like gnarly experience of like, nothing is real and everything is terrible. And how am I ever going to be able to do anything? She said to me yesterday, I don't have any skills. I can't make anything happen. I can't manifest mm. anything. And and in my Aries rising, like Mars and Sag, like let's get shit done, South Node and Capricorn. I was like, okay. <laughs> like we're gonna turn that Can around we real quick. Look at reality for a minute. But she was that. just way out there, right? Yeah, you you help me with that too, because I go to that place as well. You've seen me go to that place. And part of this wounding manifestation is that I mean you think of the ocean it can be savage it can be hurricanes or it can be like placid and still and smooth like glass so that's definitely what it feels like to have Chiron in Pisces or the 12th house it's like the inner world is either a fucking hurricane and you don't know up from down and you don't know this collective reality like the collective mind I mean, that's maybe more Aquarius. Maybe, but not. I think I think it's getting into something. I think that's very, so it can also go, it's going into the same thing that you're talking about. Like it can be savage in one direction or the other because it can be savagely peaceful, mm-hmm. right? 
and it can go into destructive extremes between order and chaos in material and emotional realms. And I have seen this, and this is something that I find amazing about people who can feel that much. My North node is in cancer though, which is in my fourth house. So it's cancer is ruled by the moon, which is so related to the ocean, to Pisces, to Neptune. So my North node geeks out on Pisces and people who are very Piscean. And I get along really well with Pisces energy because I want more because I feel like with my North node, I have some ability to experience and feel the depth of the ocean, but cancer is the crab. Pisces Mm -hmm. is the ocean. Right. The crab can still get out of the ocean. (laughs) Yeah. It's like. (laughs) The crab can go in the land or in the ocean and the fish doesn't have a choice. So there's this like obsession almost or almost like detachment from feeling the wounding is like I feel like I can never make things happen yeah but it's because a Chiron and Pisces person and as I've seen it with my daughter she forgets that she's actually the most powerful manifester out there because Mm -hmm. she is the whole goddamn ocean (laughs) like literally life came out of the ocean well and just look at all the destruction poseidon caused he's like anytime i mean he could he could just point at a city and like put it underwater makes it part of the ocean right that's part of it so so part of the chiron in pisces and the way that that shows up is it's getting lost in that realm where everything exists and everything's possible but then not feeling like you have solid ground to stand on to make it real. So it's just, it's like you live in this reality. There's a bit of escapism in it where you want to live in this reality where everything is possible and everything exists and everything is exactly as you want it to be. But then the wounding is in not being able to see a clear way to bring that to solid ground. That's pretty harsh. Yeah, it can be rough especially when things are not that hard and you've, it's been really great to partner with you because you'll put the solid ground under my feet and I'll realize it wasn't like I could have put my feet down any <laughs> moment. You were you drowning know, in two feet know. of water. I thought I, I was like treading water thinking that I was drowning, but it was like, all I needed to do was put my feet down. Like it wasn't that hard, but you know, this illusion of like, Mm. I'm treading water and I'm just so used to treading water. I think that's what reality is. I think you and I have an interesting experience with our daughters having a a Chiron moon conjunction or close to, or just having the Chiron and the moon in the same sign, even if it's not an exact conjunction, because this whole like putting the ground beneath you, you're accepting that for me, because you don't also have the moon there yeah because my daughter having the moon there I will literally hold her with my hands Mm -hmm. and use my energy to tell her I'm right here where are we right now and this is my 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 aqua moon cancer north node or maybe even my chiron and in Taurus in the second house I'll grab both of her arms and say honey where are you right now 
We're in the room. Okay, what are you doing? I'm standing up. What are you standing on? Uh -huh. I'm standing on the carpet. Okay, do you feel your hands? Do you feel your feet? You're standing on solid ground and it, she'll just be like, no. <laughs> like she almost doesn't want to come out uh -huh. of the fog because the moon and the Chiron will just almost enjoy it. Yeah. Well, and even the wounding towards the mother or the feminine, like, mm. you know, there's, there's a bit of that dynamic of like the, the moon represents the feminine or the mother energy and it's right there next to the Chiron. So it's almost like you just being her mother are <laughs> by virtue going to like be associated with her Chiron, whether you like it or not. <laughs> and me too, you know, yeah. I've got that with my daughter as well. So it's like, and it could be, um, it could mean like either extreme. It could be like, you didn't do enough for me or you were there too much and you smothered me. You know, it's like, we have to really be aware of walking the middle line with our daughters so that we can show, we can support their Chiron, conjunct their moon the best we can. Well, so what I do is I just point out the gift of it and she almost never wants to hear it, but that's her stubborn Aries sun, Sag rising, like that's yeah. fine because then I immediately say, you know what, like, I know that right now it feels really intense, but I'm telling you as the age that I am and the very few years that I've been on the planet, I've already observed enough things to know that this thing that you're doing with diving so deep into emotion is a gift. Yeah. Not everybody can understand what it feels like to feel that much and to be able to express it. Yeah. So That's it's like enough. finding yeah. the outlet in expression of it. And there are things here of like how to heal it, right? Which is to listen to music that's expressive and this is something that my daughter does have an affinity for is songs like Adele that are just mm -hmm. like whoa like my aqua moon like Libra Mercury <laughs> even my Neptune in Sag is like whoa that's really deep that's like way down in the ocean I'm gonna stay up here on this cloud uh-huh <laughs> But she will dive so deeply into it. And it's also something important as healing and to like express the emotion of it, to recognize that that amount of that ability to feel that much and to actually feel detached from reality in the emotional realm and the watery ocean thing gives you an ability because it's connected to your a person with Chiron and Pisces is, feels like they're so connected to everybody else. They have like intense compassion for everybody, right? And when right. it's manifesting as a wound, it feels like pain. But yeah. when you turn it into a gift, it's like the best theologians on the planet. Yeah. Because they're literally able to put someone else's shoes and be them. Yes. Because they're so connected to everyone. Especially if 
you have Neptune in the seventh house. So I have Chiron in Pisces and my Neptune's in the seventh house. So I literally will go into a realm of no boundaries. Like I am the other person. And then when I come away from the relationship, I have like the little bit of this, like, like coming up for air of like, where was I? And like, who am I? And I have to like ground myself in who I am again, because those boundaries are literally like, not there. So that's another self-care and way to heal this wound with Chiron and Pisces is figuring out what your boundaries are and what your needs are so that you can anchor yourself back into yourself after going into relationship because you can feel so intensely the empathy of other people. And the other part of this wound of Chiron and Pisces is it's like a deep wound having to do with grief. Like there's this chronic existential grief, crying for no apparent reason, grieving for other people's pain that you imagined that they're feeling, but they're not either not feeling it or they're not aware of it themselves. Like you're feeling it for them. So it's literally going deep into people sometimes deeper than they've gone into themselves but it's not, but it could also be an illusion like you may your perception of their grief may just be your projection of the grief you would feel if you were in their shoes but they're not feeling it you know but it's it's this deep empathy but it's almost like an addiction to the sadness or to the suffering and the grief of it so there's kind of a dual side of it there's this that leads to this urge to redeem or save others so there's almost like this savior complex because you feel so deeply the grief and then you want to save people from it but a lot of times and I've experienced this I will do this in relationship where I will like see someone in their situation and then I will infuse the grief that I would feel if I were in their situation and then I'll try to save them from it and they're like why are you like doing this for me? I didn't ask for it. You know, like it, it kind of creates this like violation of their free will because I'm trying to save them from something that I perceive they're suffering from, but I didn't have a conversation with them about it. I don't even know if it was real, you know, so that it's a strange thing. So how I witness this in my daughter is her, and she also, I just looked up her chart, has Venus in Virgo. Oh. No, Mars in Virgo. Mars okay. in Virgo. So she totally has a savior complex. <laughs> no, but it's like, because she'll bypass the other person's even self-awareness she won't recognize because she's young yeah she won't recognize where she's not allowing the other person to witness themselves and then actually what's happening in an interaction like with her friends is she'll feel their pain and she tells me this all the time she's like I'm the therapist of the group. She's like, I guess I'll be a therapist for a living then. And it's really funny how nonchalant she is, but that's her Sag rising, like no filter at the mouth, like so dry, you know? <laughs> her emotional being felt it, felt the vibration of it, which is also related to what we were talking about earlier and being so in tune with vibrations. Yeah. And she felt oh. it. 
and partnered with the Gemini, right? Because remember how much Gemini is all about the auditory and the yes. vibrations. And so it's like you partner the Pisces and Gemini. That's, it makes it intense. So then the other thing I'd say to her is, well, they don't really like you pointing out the things that are quote wrong with them. And it's not that she is pointing out the things that are wrong with them. She's pointing out the things that if they were to face, they could have a much more harmonious experience on the planet, but they're not looking at it like that because they haven't even recognized what it is. Mm -hmm. So they're looking at it like, wow, you're just Just criticizing me. me. Yeah. And she's sitting there like, and Virgo comes across like that too. (laughs) Yeah. And she's sitting there like, are you blind to this entirety of this giant grief yeah you have over you and people are like yes actually i just see the sunshine what are you (laughs) even talking about yeah and that's yeah that's rough that's hard to see so much because that's the other thing too about pisces is very psychic intense psychic abilities Mm. well then when it goes to the degree of like they sacrifice their personal health and well-being for others in attempts to redeem or save the world it's like they're violent towards their own needs. And that's an echo of the polarity of Virgo. You know, it's like, because any, anytime you have anything in any sign, you're going to have the echo of the polarity mm-hmm. that, that can show up, you know? So that's another place where you, there's self-care needed around this wound to turn it into a gift is you've really got to be aware of boundaries and then you've got to take care of your own needs first. It's putting on your own oxygen mask first because you can't fucking save the whole plane if you're hyperventilating and suffocating because you don't have your oxygen mask on. Like that's not even possible. It's not possible. No. No, it's not. It's you will lose yourself first. Right. In the cloud. And then what are, and then what are you, and then it's almost like you're the, you're this wisp or an echo trying to save somebody else, but you don't have any form or matter to you, you know? So tell me about that thing you were telling me earlier with the whole fog situation and going into the fog and who saves who from that cartoon. Oh yeah. yeah. That's what this sounds like. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's, it's basically you're, you're trying to go into this, you called it the pool of insanity. It's like, you're trying <laughs> to swim in the pool of insanity, but as soon as you dip any part of your body in it, you, you're, you go insane and you forget the whole reason that you went in, in the first place, which makes you meaningless and useless. You can't accomplish the goal. So that's, that's the whole, if you neglect your self-care, you're basically just surrendering yourself to your Chiron wounding and allowing and just saying like it's too bad I'm never going to survive this just take me now but what was the visual so they get caught in like a valley of fog yeah yeah so it's like this plateau of this fog and there's so many people in this fog and they're all standing right next to each other but none of them can see it it's kind of how I described like the Chiron and Gemini experience you know it's like Mm being such a dense fog and then even though everything you need is like within your grasp or within your reach you can't see it it's just yeah it's very it's very 
easy to get overwhelmed with Chiron and Pisces because there's such a sensitivity to everything with that's going on in this other realm that other people can't see. Therefore, it feels invalid because nobody else can see what you're seeing. So you already have like this weird relationship with it even being real. And then you're really sensitive to all of it. And then it just becomes really overwhelming and you can get paralyzed really easily. When she was very, very young, my daughter used to talk to me about her friends that I could not see. Hmm. But they were very, very real. Uh And I think she lucked out having me as a mom. (laughs) (laughs) She chose you. Aries rising. I'm going to pick Aries rising. (laughs) No, like confidence on point here. No, but it's because when she would talk to me about it, rather than creating it a wound, what I would consider creating it a wound, but she definitely had plenty of it from other people around her because she would tell her friends at school and they would make fun of her for it. And she would come home to me and I would say, what are you talking about? Like, is your friend real? Yes. Okay. Then there's nothing else to talk about. Like if you see your friend, then your friend is there. Right. So validating her psychicness. And I know for a fact that there was a particular person that she would play with mm-hmm. that was actually one of my ancestors because oh, wow. she named them by name uh-huh. and I had never talked about them before. Wow. And would describe them and it was them. Wow. And I was like, oh, wow, this kid is really psychic. So you could, you could validate it. Um, <clears throat> and I just was yeah. like, that's very cool, babe. while at the same time I was like oh my god (laughs) (laughs) because this was way before I was really really into all of this stuff that we're talking about I've always been really really into astrology but specifically wounding and Chiron and and more Piscean type topics I wasn't really that into but I maybe she came along to get me there yeah in a way but yes for you yeah yeah but I saw her struggle. And even till today, she tells me certain things that I guess I'm the safe place because she'll tell me, oh yeah, I didn't tell my friend, but I can pretty much already know what she needs to do or what she's feeling. And she thinks she's feeling this, but she's not. (laughs) She's feeling this other thing. (laughs) (laughs) And she'll tell me because she knows she says, if I tell her, she'll get mad at me. Yeah. So I don't tell her. So it's an interesting dichotomy and an interesting game, which I've played with my Chiron, changing myself for the sake of other people's emotions. Yeah. 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 So I, th- I see that's where the wounding appears mm-hmm. um, in her specifically. It's like this incredible ability to sense things around her Mm -hmm. and just to just actively almost suppress it well you think of it's mutable right I think any anybody that has strong mutable in their chart can be a chameleon like that's one of their gifts Mm. and their attributes it's like you can be a chameleon you can adapt to create a harmonious situation you know is that Gemini too? Is Gemini mutable? Mm-hmm. Ew. 
<laughs> yeah, so you've got mutable and mutable. The Gemini Pisces, it's like double mutable. Chiron and Pisces in the third. Which makes it even more challenging, in my opinion, because I have Chiron and Taurus in the second. That's a fixed sign. (laughs) So I actually find that as a lucky aspect. And I also have Jupiter and Scorpio in the fixed sign. So it's like, I feel like that's, quote, lucky because I'm able to, like, sit there and be like, I'm putting my foot down. I'm fixing this now. And I can face it and I can do it. And I can sit through it and put myself through the pain or the ecstasy of facing it. Chiron in Pisces is like, let me face it. And then it immediately turns it to something else. Yeah. Right. Or you face it and you have like this, maybe you have this decisive attitude of I'm going to face it and I'm going to do this. But then you go to the situation, you face it, and then you just morph. You change into you change into something else that it just it's one of those it's really easy to hide. So with Ch- with Chiron mm. and two mutable signs, it's really easy to just whenever your Chiron gets triggered, you hide in some way from it, you know, which can be a superpower, but it can also exacerbate the wound because if you don't ever face it. You just hide from it forever. Eventually you run out of hiding spots and whatever. It'll find you at the Chiron return. I don't know. Dang. So then self-care in with Chiron and Pisces, like how do you deal with that then, right? Hmm. And I think one of those ways is definitely to just tap into the psychic gifts, to allow it because it's one of the interesting things where it's like we can all relate in some way because we're all psychic in some way Mm -hmm. and we've all grown up even up until now in realities where that's been almost um no not almost people have been killed over psychic gifts (laughs) like let's be real okay (laughs) with burnings (laughs) like hangings and like crazy shit right like people were like oh no you're not you're not doing that shit here (laughs) (laughs) so then allowing the gift so meditation like Mm -hmm. allowing yourself to be susceptible to those things and facing the fear in my opinion of like the expansiveness of Pisces like diving into the ocean knowing you're not going to drown because it's not an actual ocean it's just in your energy. Yeah. Well, and then having a commitment to a structure, a structure that's grounding for you, you know, something to be an anchor point so that you can still put your feet down and live in the real world and not be so overcome and washed over with, you know, the massive energy of Pisces. There's like one of the wounding manifestations with Chiron and Pisces is feeling a deep envy for people who, who the Chiron person perceives has a solid sense of personal identity. And I have this, it's like, I'll see that somebody has their shit together and I'll be like, I want to hang out with them. 
because there's this part of me that because I can do the boundless thing, I'm just going to merge into them and just kind of absorb their ability to be really solid. I'm going to observe that, absorb that through osmosis and then take it with me. But I mean, I do in a way I take some of the essence of like, but you can't take that. You can't take that from somebody, obviously. But um, yeah, so it, it can, it can create some complex relationships with people because there's that desire to just, I just want to know how to, how to be solid and have my shit together. But, you know, that comes through actually the self-care of like, well, I've got to develop a structure that works for me. I've got to have a routine that works for me. It allows me to be like watery and mutable, but it's still solid enough that I accomplish things and I get them done, you know? So my Mercury and Virgo will make a list. It lots sounds and lots of lists. That's interesting. That to me sounds a lot like the self-care for Chiron and Taurus, but in a different way. So whereas for Chiron and Taurus, for me specifically, creating a self-care routine to get me back into my body is for me to feel safe and grounded and emotionally stable. For Pisces, it's the same, but for a different reason it's like Mm. it's so that they don't feel like they're floating off all the time right for me it's so that I don't feel like there's an earthquake all the time yeah it's a very very different yeah sensation I would feel like in the body to feel like okay the shake is shaking the ground is shaking under me versus I don't feel the ground under me at all yeah Whereas yours is almost like a trust issue with the ground. Yes. It's like trust issues with the ground, right? It's like <laughs> you're trying to you're trying to stand solid and it's shaking out from under you. But what are you gonna do? Because everything that you could find to latch onto to give you that solidness is attached to the fucking ground that's shaking, you know? Mm-hmm. Whereas with the Pisces thing, it's like, I just need to get to land. I need to spot land. And then I'll get on it and you'll be able to trust it. But like being able to swim to it or trust the water to take you to it or dive deep enough that you can stand on it or just putting your feet down because really it's just right there. I don't know. Right. To even find it. Yeah. So it is. It's a very interesting manifestation. So where sort of the same and I guess that's what I was describing with my coping mechanism with myself when I get emotionally dysregulated I immediately tap into my breath and I feel my hands like I rub my hands together I put my feet on the ground I take my shoes and socks off and I try to walk on the dirt that's in order for me to get quote grounded but it's Mm -hmm. to have energy flowing through my body so that I feel it. And then immediately my emotions will stable, stabilize for my daughter. When I teach her through this, it feels like to me, like she's a balloon, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? Like this thing that, that you have going on too, Alyssa. And I have to, she's a helium balloon floating off. And if I don't catch her at a certain point, I'm going to have to wait until the helium comes off. Uh at some point it will come down on its own if I don't catch it yeah and then at the same time I perceive the floating off as a skill 
that is very valuable as a gift. So tapping into that in, in, in the terms of the self-care and the healing of this wounding is learning to recognize that it's not a bad thing to be able to float off. Right. Just but like for me in Chiron and Taurus, it's a really good thing to be able to stand solidly during an earthquake. Mm-hmm. The skill of, of my Chiron is that because I've been trained to feel like it's always an earthquake, when there's actually an emergency, I'm like the most chill person on the planet. Yeah. So the ability to yeah. float off, not everybody can do that. That's true. And, and if you consider, or if we think of the water as the emotional realm and being able to float off really far and wide and deep into the realm of emotion and then eventually come back to solid ground that brings a deep compassion for other people and when other people are having a really tumultuous emotional experience you know it's same as like standing solidly in an earthquake it's like well, I've weathered the storm before. So I'm right here. Like I know that the storm will pass and we'll be able to like even it out again. So I'm right here. I'm going to be your anchor while you're having this emotional experience. There is that gift of deep compassion. Yeah. And then it, and then it also brings this unity. Like it's like bringing that Piscean unity of life as like this support tool when people are having these deep emotional experiences, it's like putting other people in touch with the unity of all life. It's like being a, it's being, being a spiritual leader. That's what that sounds like to me. That's that phrase came to me when you were saying that it's, mm-hmm. it's because in the ability to feel all of that emotion, to me, spirituality has a lot to do with emotion, being able to flow with the tides that's how I see it. That's very Cancerian. But it's like being the ocean in Pisces. The spirituality is all about emotions. Mm-hmm. If you think of the elements and you combine it with what the things mean, what each of the signs mean, and how yeah. Pisces is the most connected to what we would call God. Yeah. It's, it's being a spiritual leader. It's weathering the storms the hurricanes, the savageness that comes in the ocean, mm-hmm. from the ocean, tsunamis, right? Yeah. Then you're able to guide other people through their own tsunamis, which yeah. is really all just a spiritual experience. Yeah. What they're really seeking is just the emotional comfort that they're okay, that their life experience is okay, that they're doing okay it's like they're looking for this emotional validation and then when they get it they call it spirituality you know I didn't really put the spirituality and the emotion together before but that makes a lot of sense and these people are big dreamers like they're living in this in this realm where everything exists and they're at ease in that world because it's where they live and so it's like they can bring their dreams into reality and it brings a, it brings the essence of that realm to people when you interact with them. And it kind of, people want more of that. It's like, hey, you know, bring more of that. There's a lot of comfort that comes from just 
having this sense of oneness and the Piscean realm is just very, I mean, it can be all things. That's really beautiful. And that's what it is, right? It's the, the whale song. Yeah. The whales have access to the history of humanity because water has memory. Yeah. So it's like having access to the Akashic records and the domain of the collective experience. And that's, that's powerful. Epic. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm like, I took a deep breath to say something and there was nothing left to say. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Oh man, that's a good one. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Aquamoon Beam Dreamers. Send us your questions, comments, and feedback to our email, aquamoondreamers at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Our next episode is all about Chiron in aspect to Jupiter. You're going to want to tune in because not only do both Chandra and I have Chiron and aspect to Jupiter, and I'm sure many of you out there do as well, but there's an aspect to Jupiter that really emphasizes the gift and the healing storyline of Chiron that we can all learn from. We hope you are enjoying this Aquamoon epicness and i'm pretty sure you are otherwise you wouldn't be listening this far so if you want more Alyssa and i offer recorded readings and live coaching sessions where we can help you figure out what the heck is going on in the world and go ahead and click the link in the description of this episode or in the bio and we'll see you there